Hello and welcome to Real Talk, brought to you by Muddy Banks Official, where on each episode our various guests will be looking at talking you through some of their favourite angling stories. But just a quick warning, these podcasts are going to be kept as raw as possible so they may contain some strong language. So here we are, our first episode of Real Talk. And in this series of podcasts, we've got a really mixed bag of anglers. Some you may know, some you may not, but they'll be talking you through their angling journeys and I'm sure you'll know them all a little bit better after hearing their stories. But first up, we've got a young angler, local to us here in the heart of Somerset. He's known for his long distance fishing and big hits of fish on the local reservoirs. It's none other than our very own Blaze Price. Blaze Price, welcome to the podcast. How are we doing, mate? I'm all good, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not so bad now. We've had a few technical difficulties setting up. We've had a long morning. but We, we have had a long morning. Hopefully it's all sorted now. We can just crack on with it. Yeah, definitely, mate. We're uh, we're definitely there now. We've done a couple of testers and we're we're all good. Yeah, all good. So all good, uh, mate. after a very stressful morning, mate, let's get into it, shall we? Yeah, let's go for it. So tell us a little bit about yourself, mate. Right, well, I'm 20 years old. I'm from Taunton. I... Uh, runway and valet and detailing business um i do a lot of fishing in my spare time how did you get into the valeting and detailing um i've done it for a couple of years um worked for a company for a couple of years they trained me up but because of my fishing and many other reasons i've decided to start my own thing yes one for my free time but as well just for better money and hopefully something to progress into then the self-employed life definitely suits you better, doesn't it? Suits it? fishing life, definitely, mate, yeah. Yeah, 100%, mate. When you're employed, it does uh, get the weekend angler thing going, don't you? Yeah, 100%. But uh, with five nights a week at your disposal, mate, you don't <laughs> Five know. nights a week, <laughs> I wish. No, Blaze, uh, Blaze does do quite well with the time that he, he does get. Yeah. But um, we first met at Durley, didn't we? Yeah, I reckon. How long do you reckon about year year and a yeah, half it's got ago? to be two years ago i think yeah. yeah probably i popped up to see uh little james and blaze was doubled up with james on the far side down wall which yeah. me and Corey filmed in and uh yeah we sort of got on quite well from there mate didn't yeah, we yeah sort of had a chat and did a bit of distance fishing and just got a chatting from then and got me some contacts and this is where we are now yeah mate so Going on to the distance fishing side of things, you're quite known around this way for that. Yeah. How did you sort of choose that as your... Because that's definitely your style of angling, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is now, 100%. What, um, what is it you like about that more? I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll go into it a bit more, but like ever since I started fishing, which we'll go into more detail in a minute, from about eight years old till about 14 or 15, I'd always just fish smaller waters with my granddad. It was just this style of fishing. I always fished, from, fished with him from that age to sort of 14, 15. And then there was at a sort of age point where I not necessarily stopped fishing with my granddad, but started fishing with other people and just started other styles of angling, which was resi fishing. And then, um, yeah, just started going, mate. Just like no other, like any other person, just started at 80 yards, 90 yards, 100 yards. And each session I just used to push it. Um, every session used to get like slightly better gear, like stronger rods, because... Before that, I always used to have like three pound Tesco rods because I was only fishing small waters for like five, six years. And then just met someone down the reservoir one time who gave me a few pointers, just like, you know, thinner line, shock leaders and all that. And um, sort of went from there and just sort of self-taught myself over the past couple of years and 
sort of gone from there really having fished with you on the res uh can say he can smack a lead yeah what what's the far side at chard it's got to be 180 um, it? yeah so in the woods down chard it's got to be about got to be about 180 yeah yeah i've seen blaze put a baited rig into the field on the other side yeah of uh of the bank and you're not the biggest lad are you no it's all, all down to technique mate i'm not gonna lie a couple months ago i did um have a tuition with Terry Edmonds, which did put some yards on my cast. But, I've got um, one booked in as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mate, they are definitely worth the money. Terry uh, definitely gives you a few pointers to put some uh, yards on your cast, 100%. Yeah, everybody who I spoke to that's done one, mate, says that it's uh, definitely benefited. 100% it. worth it. And yeah. I need to be fishing a bit further for Gigantica next year. Yeah. So I'm going to give that one a go, and hopefully he can uh, put a few yards on mine as well. 100%, yeah. But you're, you're, like we've said already, you, we touched on it a little bit. You're quite well known for the, the range fishing around here. Yeah. So we've got like a we've got a few reservoirs around here. We've got Durley, which is what's eighty. Durley's about 80, 80, 80 to acres. ninety when it's full. Obviously, in the summer when it drops a bit, it's about seventy, but about eighty, yeah. And obviously, Chard's a bit closer to you, isn't it? Yeah, Chard's a bit closer to me, and it's a bit smaller as well. I think it's about what. What do you reckon Chard is 60? It's got to be 60, 65, yeah. isn't it? I think. There's a lot of out-of-bounds there. Yeah, so Chard's probably a third, do you reckon? Yeah. Out-of-bounds? Yeah, a third of it's at least out-of-bounds, yeah. But you've uh, that's that's where you tend to do the majority of your of your time in it, if you're sort of staying local. Yeah, if I'm staying local, I say the past couple of years, I've done the most time down Chard, 100%. Yeah. And... Uh, so with with the Durley fishing then, obviously the, the the Durley and the Chard, the range fishing, that's free on a spot? Yeah, all yeah. of it's free on a spot at range. What's your comfortable range? I think with places like Durley, where the middle is just not accessible, no matter who you are, I think with Reservoir Carp, they'll come to bait and where they see bait all the time. And I think some people try overcomplicate it and go too far for no reason. Yeah. Like down Durley, the average angler will fish between eighty and hundred and ten yards. And that's where the carp are seeing bait, they're bait fish and they will go to where they see bait. So I think if you can just fish ten yards past that, I think that's just a little wedge. Just I don't think there's any benefit really in going one fifty, one sixty. You just for a day session you're absolutely going for it for absolutely no reason. They all come to the bait. They do, it's proven on there. 100 to 120 yards, I say, is the right distance and it's comfortable in any weather conditions. Yeah, that's that's the big thing with the winds. And that's, that's when I start I mean, to struggle. Well, like, yes, I can put a lead, a baited rig, 180 yards as a single, but it's getting all three rods out there and baiting over the top. But then if I get a 40 miles per hour headwind coming, I'm absolutely screwed. Yeah, you've got no chance. Then, no. So with, with the reses, then, I, mean, I know you've got the deep end, you've got the shallow end, there's not too much in between as a no. like feature-wise, so your bait is more your feature. Your bait is your feature on these reservoirs. I've leaded up charts loads, and it's just the same all over. Your, your bait is your feature. And it's the same with Durley. I've never really leaded up Durley, but again, everyone seems to do the same thing. Just fish 100 to 120 yards, and they're just bait fish, and your bait is your feature. Yeah, I've fished there in and out since I was about eight. I used to go with my dad on the float. Yeah. But even then, people, it was never like marker floating. It was just no free on a spot, fill it in as much as you yeah, can. Yeah, there's no weed in there. There's no like necessary like ups and downs or any features. So you just sort of just pick a horizon marker, pick a range you feel comfortable with on the day, and just go from there. Really. 
And theoretically, if you're fishing that 10 yards further than what most people are, you're almost fishing the back of that spot yeah. that, that they're used to seeing anyway, aren't you? So yeah, that's the sort of theory behind it. A little yeah. bit more, feel a little bit more safe maybe. Yeah, definitely. What um what sort of things do you use rig-wise then? Because you've said there's no weed in that in there. And there's no, no weed in Durley and it is mad because down Durley, my go-to rig there is a stiff inch. But if I go down Chard and use that, for some reason down chart they just hate pop-ups i don't know why but they love something on the deck like a little wafter or a little snowman but with Durley as well being a lot deeper um i think fishing a bright pop-up in that deeper water i just think they can just obviously see it a lot easier child's a lot shallower it's completely different um and as well the color that i do use down Durley is pink and it is a massive edge for there because if you look at a color chain in depths of water, a lot of colors will just like turn to black or to change color underwater. But pink in 25 foot of water will pretty much stay the same color. Yeah, every time I fish, why, you, you've used a pink something. Yeah, they do love a pink there. That might not be the reason, but it's just a confidence thing. and It works for you. It works for me. And I know pink is a very good color on there. And I've tried and tested lots of colors down there and that's, been my biggest success 100 well hopefully it will be tomorrow as well because we are going to uh hopefully mate they pop out aren't we weather's weather's good for it it's had had a cold spell last week we've had a week of mild weather now so i don't see why we can't put a few fish on the bank hopefully mate with we're recording this at the end of january so we've we've literally just had our cold snap yeah um last week the temperatures were a little bit higher weren't they so yeah and the fish are going to start moving around again a little bit more yeah, I think they'll be active, mate. They've had a consistent week of mild weather, so I definitely think we'll have a few. 100%. Hopefully, mate. And with Durley, so you have to book a peg, so it's not a... It used to be a turn-up and a rat race to the swims, and everyone was running off and bucketing swims, weren't they? So yeah. now you just go online, you book your swim, and that's the swim you stay in for the day. There's, you don't you don't tend to move. And no, it's one of them. With it being days, and especially this time of year, it's only short days. You don't want to be moving midday. You sort of, you know, have your swim, put your bait out, and put your rods out in the morning, and just wait. Last hours normally Last golden. Last hours usually the gold hour on there. But me um, and Corey filmed there twice, mate, and I've said that one both films, and it just didn't happen. No, no, it all depends, mate, on the day and the conditions. Like fish dirty so many times now, and you sort of know in the morning whether you're going to have day bites or it's just going to be that last half an hour. You can just tell by the fish's activity. Yeah. To be honest with you, the last the last time we fished it, I did manage to have my first thirty pounder from the res as well. Yeah, that was is, a nice one. It was quite nice. Yeah, I'm sure that's one you've probably seen before. I think James had it. It wasn't the one that I had, but I think James had it before. We'll get on to yours and James in a minute. Oh, but uh, yeah, with with that one, mate, that was that was random bite times. It was I think we had that one about half two, three o'clock in the middle afternoon. of the day, wasn't it? The sun was yeah, out. You wouldn't be expecting the bite. Definitely not. Just Corey was hanging, up. he was asleep, I was sat there just watching the water, absolutely yeah. nothing, all of a sudden the rods just hooped over, and away it's gone. It's meant to win, especially for a good one to get caught yeah. at such a random time. On, if it was like a little mid-double common, you sort of think, yeah, I'd right, fair too. enough, but for one of the good ones to feed at that time of day was a bit weird, but it's just carp fishing, mate, isn't it? It just yeah, can happen when you least expect it. Yeah, definitely, mate. Well, me, mine and your sort of styles of angling probably couldn't be much different, I mean... You're into the range, I'm yeah. not. You fish the big waters, I fish the small ones. Yeah, literally. So it's it's quite nice going with you when we have gone a couple of times yeah. to sort of see what you do. Yeah. But um, 
yeah, I'm going to be looking at horseshoe in the spring, so I'd be keen. Gonna have to get used to a few longer chucks for that if you fancy a yeah, hundred percent, mate. Yeah, but we just touched on you, uh, you and James there. James is one of Blaze's good friends. James was with us, um, but he moved on to Daiwa. Yeah. Um, very good angler, isn't he? Yeah, he is very, very good for his age. Um, there aren't many about for his age that are as as good as him. No, definitely not. But um. I think I met James when he was 13. I think I met him and his dad down uh, a little estate lake I was fishing. Yeah. And uh, I sat there in blank for two nights and he had three in a day. <laughs> That's James, mate. Yeah. That is James for you. He's yeah. just got that natural natural little thing and he going yeah. on with it. But he, with, with James, obviously Blaze and James fish, fish together. Quite, not probably as much now, but you, you did a lot, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we when did you do a lot of time. Leaving yeah. school and that. Yeah. And uh, you've had some good hits out the res, haven't you? We have, mate, yeah credit where credit's due he um obviously he's been brought up on the place he's fished it for years i've only really started fishing dirty the past two years pro- properly but he's fished there like james is 17 and i say he's fished early since he was 10 11 and he got brought up distance fishing it's just local water to him and he has tried out a lot of things over the years um that boy can cast as well can he and he can cast very well for his age and james is tiny as well what's james five foot six yeah, probably tops. about five, six tops. Yeah, but um, he moves his hands quick. For his age, he? he can, he can whack a lead. But oh, again, yeah. it's just, I think, with a lot of people, it's just they've been brought up on them waters. That's all it's down to. Like, young, well, as James has proven, young got to be people think you got to be big and that to cast far. You haven't. It's literally down to technique. Look yeah, at angles like Oscar Thornton, tiny, but he can cast over two hundred yards. Yeah, I'm not the, the biggest of blokes, but can cast nearly 200 yards it's all down to technique and it's being consistent with it as well like sometimes if i fish resis like all through the summer and then i'll start fishing the smaller waters i'll go back to it and i'll still be a little bit rusty it's just being consistent and the more you do it it just becomes easier yeah definitely mate it's um it's, it's not something i've done too much of to be fair so no. I, I do i do need to sort of get into that a little bit more but we've uh James actually came second in the uh, Muddy Banks Cart Masters, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. And he is already gunning for that first place for this year. Yeah. We're doing it a little bit different this year. Yeah. So it's uh, three couple, qualifiers uh, and a final. A couple of qualifiers in the final, so proper comp. It'll be, um, it'll be serious, it'll be good. Yeah, some better prize money as well for the boys, and it should be a couple of good... Well, we're going to do it over three different weekends and then the final, yeah. so it should be a, a good couple of weekends. It will be good. It will be a good crack, and... Definitely be interested to see what weights win it and what fish sort of come out. Yeah, yeah. But um, so moving moving off to off of the the Durley scene, then it's not all you do, is it? I mean, you've been to France a couple of times. Yeah, I've been to France a couple of times this year. It's the first time I've um like properly went fishing abroad. I did um Gigantica and Dream Lakes about a month apart. Um. I don't know why to be fair the Draganska trip was just a random idea that me and Ned just for our availabilities come up for the road lake shall we go I was just like that was in the winter it. as well wasn't it yes mate it was um I think it was end of January and it was minus four with northerly winds the whole week um minus seven wind chills it was uh yeah I remember you saying it was cold it was horrendous the worst conditions the fish were only in one swim on the lake, which we couldn't get access to. But we just did what we could. We managed a couple of fish between us, no good ones. But it was, to be fair, it was a nice first experience 
abroad. Do you know what I mean? I know, I know the fishing wasn't good, but Jagansker is a very nice place. You know, it did feel like a holiday as well. But yeah, you need it, mate. Yeah, it was nice, even though the fishing wasn't very good, but is what it is. I knew the good thing about it for me was I knew I had Dream Lakes three weeks after. I was more gutted for Ed really because it was his first trip abroad, and he had a bit of a shocker. We couldn't do anything about it. We just literally we couldn't get on the fish. We literally couldn't get on the fish. We tried everything, but I was more gutted for him because that was it. For the rest of the year, he didn't have any other trips abroad booked. Mm. So I had Dream Lakes a month later, which we'll go into a bit more detail. It did uh, go a lot better. Yeah, it did. I remember uh, getting a a message come through on WhatsApp and. Is all I could see was this massive head of this fish, but we will we will touch on that in a minute. So with with the um, Gigantica trip, then you yeah. drive and survived it. Yeah, drive and survive. Um, but we had the food package and everything there. We went up to France the day before, stayed the night in a local hotel five minutes away. Um, yeah, just got there the next morning. How'd you find the drive? I didn't drive, you didn't so drive. it was fine. Ed drove, Ed drove, and uh, we got there right. He did all right, too fair. Yeah, um, fair play, mate. Because you're both young as well. Like, what was that? Two years ago? Nah, the last year. Last year. This yeah. time last year. Yeah, yeah. So Ed's the same age as you. Or? Yeah, same yeah. age as me. Yeah. So both both still quite young to be off on your adventures like that. Yeah, you? yeah, but we loved it. Like we even said to each other, even though the fishing was horrendous, it was still just so enjoyable good experience a little bit of freedom in it as well when you go yeah. away with like your lad's holiday in it yeah it was good laugh always is a lad but how did you um how did you find the sort of because i'm guessing that's a little bit different than anything you've done before yeah how did you find like the draw and the? yeah it, l- luckily because it was such a horrendous week to go which we found out in the end uh pretty much in the winter time at gigantica i think there's 12 it was 12 or 14 swims on the lake that the win- in winter they only allow eight people on so there is room to move um less pressure on the lake uh, but for some reason because it was such a horrendous week and the weather was so bad there was only four of us on so we had the whole lake to ourselves but it didn't matter anyway because the fish like i said were in one corner in one swim but yeah the draw wasn't too bad because well there was only four of us on yeah. out of 14 swims so it wasn't too bad did the guys that were in the swim with the fish in front of him manage to get any or? yeah it was, funnily enough when we did the draw one of the other not one of the bailiffs one of the other fishermen he went in the swim f- for the first night the wind was so bad in there he actually moved out the next day and then the bailiff moved in there after which is, um, won't go into too much detail about it. But yeah, the bailiff went in, moved into the swim without even asking anyone else to go in there. Um, so it's sort of, we did get, didn't get stitched up as such. I understood where he was coming from, but yeah, long story short, we couldn't get on the fish. Um, what, one of the other anglers, they blanked. One of the other anglers, they had one, which was a 50. I managed a couple up to 30, and Ed managed one. But the bailiff who got on the fish, he managed 14, 15 fish in a week, up to 58. Yeah, considering the conditions, mate, and you were off the fish, I think you both done well between yourself. Yeah, three, yeah three like I said, we you. were gutted about the fishing, but it was still an amazing first experience abroad. 
Like, so is that a watercraft draw then? So when you pick out a number or is it, do you pick out a peg? Uh, watercraft draw. Yeah, it's watercraft, is yeah. it? Yeah. Which makes it a little bit sort of a, a bit more in your favour, doesn't it? Rather yeah. Than just picking the I peg. don't want to pick out a random swim and get told to go in that swim. 100% I'd rather, you know, use my eyes and pick a swim where I thought the fish were. How did you uh, approach that one then, the fishing? Um, with Gigantica, it's... Uh, you can bring your own boilie, but I think you've got to use their hemp and maize, and that's the only baits you can use, I think. Um, pellet, I think they allow pellet. And pellet, yeah, that's it. But, um, yeah, kept it pretty simple, just, you know, sell, sell crumb, maize, hemp, you know, just nice grubbing around, mixed bit of flake maize, and I just fished... I think it was IQD rigs with double plastic maze on the end. Just kept it pretty simple. But I would have liked to fish freeze eggs, to be honest with you, looking back at it. But one of the rules that Danny says is you're only allowed one rod on a zig. Yeah. I understand it being a fishery owner, no matter what time of year it is, with them both being deep lakes. That's why zigs do so, so well on there. But with all these big fish, you've got to keep the bait going in. So you still got to have two rods over bait. Yeah, which definitely. I understand, but yeah, hundred percent. That's that's how that's how the fish get big, isn't it? And yeah, and that's why they're so big. What he's got on the main lake is testament to that, isn't it? Oh, it's. I'll be going back to fish the main lake next time. It is insane. Like, I think I'm going in May next May. Oh May! If any cancellations, I'll be going. I've already I pestered the bailiffs every week saying what availability you got for the main <laughs> lake. Like once you've been there, it is insane. Like you've seen it through the videos, doesn't do it justice. Yeah. And the stock is just unbelievable. Yeah, Chris from uh, Remix. He's been there, hasn't he? He went last year. That's what I'm going with. So I'm yeah. going with him, Marcus, Leek, and mate, you'll love it. Pinny. You'll love it. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it'll be good, mate. I'm I'm really looking forward to it to be fair. I've been uh, getting a bit excited and watching the YouTube videos straight away. Yeah. And, but it's still over a year away yet, so I'm trying not to get oh, too mate, sort of into it. It's insane. You'll love it. But yeah, definitely um, a bit different than what I've done before. I've been to France once. Uh, we went to Crete and we sort of got picked up. Yeah. Like holiday package. Yeah. Food. Get uh, picked up from Dover. Yeah. Driven onto the ferry. Driven all the way to the lake and back. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. I've not done the whole like driving. No. I've never driven abroad before. So. I just think I pre- personally prefer to like drive myself or with someone just to not. You got sort of more control. You can get to the yeah. ferry or whatever, um, whatever time you want. You get there a bit earlier or whatnot. I just think it's a bit more, like you said, a bit more freedom. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's, uh, Don't get me wrong, mate. The, the the being chauffeured there and back was lovely, but yeah, it was a long first day. I mean, we got picked up. I think it was about dinner time on the Thursday. Yeah. Maybe on the no dinner time on the Friday it would have been, and then. We, we obviously drove down to Dover, sat there, waited for the ferry, done the ferry thing, got over there. And by the time we got got into the actual complex, yeah, I think it was like five to seven the next morning. Was that? It? So it's it's a long, long sort of day, and then you don't sleep the first day because you're buzzing. Yeah, all the boys are there. We, I think we had sixteen of us. I think so, quite a, quite a few. Yeah, do the draw. Obviously, have walk the lakes. There's five lakes there. You wander around them. Because with Crete, isn't it? I don't think you actually know what lake you're fishing. It's all done down to the draw. Now. Yeah, you, what can, lake you, you can choose between the five. So if you come out first, you've got a choice between all five lakes, lakes. Yeah, Most people choose lake one first, I think. It's got a better stock, isn't it? Yeah, I think. definitely. So the the uh, 
what's it, the Monster Carp lads did quite well there, didn't they? Yeah. But, um, yeah, then by the time you sort of get in your swim, you find your spots and you put in your bait the First out. day in France, you never, like, realise it's completely different to your English fishing. Your first day on a new water in France genuinely takes the whole of that Saturday because yeah. French fishing is so different to English fishing, like... I think so. Especially yeah. with places like Gigantica and Dream Lakes. Like, you just got to make your make sure your spot is absolutely perfect on that Saturday. Just, you know, cast as many times as you need to and just get everything absolutely perfect because you've got the whole week to... um. You might be able to hear my dog. She's just come in the room. <laughs> really sorry about that. The, uh, the dog's just come home with the missus and <laughs> ran straight into the room. And jump straight on Blaze. Yeah, so, caused a bit of a disturbance, but right, where were we, mate? Um, so we got to the Saturday fishing or fishing oh yeah. French venue on the Saturday. Like I think when people go to France for the first time, like I said, it's so so different to English fishing. Like a lot of venues in France, you just got to stick to your spots the whole week, stick to the baiting, keep baiting every day. Like when I even when I was in Gigantica, Gigantica like didn't have anything for this first couple days and the bailiffs are still telling you i'll put another 40 bombs out put another 40 bombs out it's just french fishing like they just they love the bait the massive pigs like they just they just love the bait so you gotta make sure on that saturday you get everything bang on and make sure you are 100 percent with your spots because you're nine times out of ten you'll just be fishing them spots for the whole week and just sticking to them yeah, it's and very different from what I've done over here, whereas yeah. the little lakes I fish... It's like setting little traps in anyway. the edge and all that. It's, it's just so different to French fishing. Yeah, I did, I did quite enjoy it, though, to be fair. I've, like We used it as, it's like our lads' holiday sort yeah. of thing, so, so we did enjoy it. Um, one of my mates, Jack, did have something quite special. I won't go into that because he is going to come on and uh, and do a podcast about that. Yeah. But with, with the creek thing... It, I struggled over there, mate, big time. It was very, very different from what I was used to. I don't think I took my time enough on the Saturday. No. Finding my spots. I think it's quite a common thing for yeah. for your first time going abroad. Yeah. I did rush it, no matter how many people told me not to, I still did. Yeah. I don't think I baited accurately enough in my first in my first one. I did end up moving to catch. I did have one. I only had one fish all week. I was, really? Oh, mate, honestly, after the third night, I think it was, I moved. I just just didn't feel it it wasn't happening i was in the corner my mate jake was in the other corner on yeah. the same bank i think he'd had about nine fish by this really? point i just thought i need to i need to get out of here i need to move yeah cory um cory had one as well he he wanted to move after so we moved on to late five see if we could get a couple of bites managed a 48 and uh i ended up moving into the swim that cory moved out of on late two really yeah so i did move twice yeah but mate, honestly, I know everyone says, "Oh, I've never hooked anything like that before, and I've lost it." But it's genuinely the it was just a hold in the bottom. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Really slow, steady take. Tips gone round. Hit into it. It's coming like a dog on a lead, but slow, like real slow plodding fight. Yeah. I reckon I got it probably. I reckon I was only fishing about. I think it was eighteen wraps. Yeah. I reckon I've got it probably twenty yards from the bank. There's a weed bed in front of me come off did it just honestly mate I was gutted absolutely heartbroken just felt everything just went slack sat on the floor had a bit of a tantrum the rod got thrown yeah but I've still got the rig in my hand so I'm looking at it 
checking the hook, making sure it's like can't suss out by felt really hard done by. Yeah. And Sam Sam, my mate, was in next to me, sat down on this long step. And he you know when you you know when your mate's just lost the good and you just don't <laughs> you know what to say. You don't do know you? what to say. You're just like You can't you don't take the piss anything. too much because they're just gonna like oh mate, I was gutted, honestly, I'd have cried. Yeah. So he he was a bit like, Oh, oh mate, oh did it feel good? I said, Yeah, mate, it did. With that, put sort of got the rig in my hand looking at it. And I've heard beep. Beep, 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 beep. And I'm like, oh, we have a rod. Yeah. The other rod's gone. And I, this fish didn't feel anywhere near no. as big, but I, I lost that in the same week, bed, mate. I was absolutely Gutted. mortified. I yeah. waited sort of like, <clears throat> I think that was on the fifth day. Yeah. I'd waited five days for that. Yeah. I, I, all right, I'd had the one, I'd had, I'd had 48. But waited like five days mate four or five days and i was just sat there and lost two fish in a space of 10 minutes and that's yeah. more fish than i'd lost in the last two years yeah and it was just so it just happened to be the one nothing worse one you know what's the in there and mate there's i think there's a 70 pounder in, yeah. that, in that lake as well i'm not saying i hooked a 70 pounder do you know what i mean but, but it was a good one mate i think my pb before that was i don't know if i'd had a 40 yeah 37 i think my pb before that was so anything sort of over 40 pound I'd have been well happy with yeah. it French fish or not like, you know where you're Still going and you fish, fish for what you're going for don't you yeah mate I was, oh, I was absolutely mortified but yeah ne- next time I go I'm definitely going to be taking more time on the Saturday and, 100% and finding my spots a little bit more and yeah definitely take a bit of advice there, oh yeah good thing with Dragantica as well the bailiff said they do put you on the spots and everything they tell you where the fish have been caught on what they've been caught on the past week they do properly help you out so they'll put you in the right direction straight away yeah you go into a group chat don't you like a week before yeah you a week before they tell you what's been getting caught ask them any questions but as soon as you get there they'll um <coughs> go through everything that's happened a couple what well, the past couple of weeks before that trip yeah that's a nice touch out, isn't it yeah i don't know any other lakes that, that tend to no they are they've got to be up there like dream lakes was good like facility wise and everything the bay lifts they were helpful but and the fish yeah and the fish yeah but Gigantica, there was definitely um, the bailiffs were a bit more clued up, if you know what I mean. They yeah. definitely put you in the right direction. Yeah, d- he doesn't seem to uh, employ any Muppets, does he? So. No. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll go three weeks on from that trip then. Yeah. We come to Dream Lakes Dream and you're Lakes, back in yeah. France. What's that? And you're back in France three yeah, weeks later. Yeah, back in France three weeks later, mate. That was that. I actually only went on this Dream Lakes trip because um, there was a cancellation because it was a big group of lads going anyway we all knew each other like the child lads yeah child lads child bailiffs but i actually went with my mate called john jonathan wright and carl um just fish charge of them that's how i know them um i thought yeah you know what why not i'll uh i'll go on the trip last minute cancellation <laughs> can't get much worse than gigantic let's see what happens and you're already already smirking quite a lot here so <laughs> yeah it did bringing um, it back a bit yeah it did go well so um it went very well didn't it yeah so on the pretty much before you get to dream lakes they'll send you out a list about a week before of who comes first in the draw who comes last in the draw um just so you can get a right idea you can sort of talk to everyone else see what swims they want to go in oh so you get the draw before you before get before you go or you get like um who gets to pick first all the way to the bottom. I don't oh, know why right. they do it that way. They, they just do. It's very different, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, Nuggy and, well, all the child bailiffs 
and about five or six others. They they go there every year. It's just what they do every year. And they just sort of knew what swims he wanted to go in. And I was sort of quite happy with that because me and John actually come out, uh, both come out last in the draw, me and John, because we were both sort of add-ons. And uh, I just thought, it is what it is. They're going to go where they want to go. I'll just do what I can. Um, so they were there. They were all going in there, the usual swims. Just trying to picture it. Um, it's a dream lake too. It's a rectangle-shaped lake. You can fish it from both sides. And they've all gone for a massive social. So they've sort of all gone on one bank. And me and John are on the other side. There's a couple of us, but they've all sort of gone into one corner. So for the first night, me and John have sort of set up in the middle on the other side, just so we've got a good vantage point. We haven't seen anything, but, you know, it's not massive lakes. You're never too far from them. Well, that's what we thought. How big is it? Um, if you had to guess. I'd say about 20 to 20, yeah, about 25 acres. So sort of like mid sort of size. So yeah. Nothing, nothing massive, but nothing tiny. Yeah. So the first night, we both just fished in the middle next to each other. Didn't fill it in because we wasn't 100% sure we were going to stay there. So a bit different to usual French tactics. This is complete opposite of Gigantica. A bit more English fishing style. Yeah, is it? I'll go into that in a minute. Um, so the first night, um, wake up the next morning, no liners, no sign of fish feeding. Um, sort of had a brew in the morning, went for a little walk because on the other bank, there was me and John in the middle and there was no one, like six swims right all the way up to the corner. So we walk up there, and within about two minutes, see one Bosch. A minute later, another one, another one, another one. We look at each other and we say, right, we ain't going to spook him. We go up there with a rod each. We just flick singles at them. Light leads, just singles. Just see what happens. There were so many fish there. The last thing you wanted to do was plummet up, spot it up, just flick singles on them. So we went up there. I think I just flicked that little Ronnie, yellow pop-up. Within 20 minutes, had a 35 pounder. So then we were like, oh, do we move up here, like bring all our stuff up, or do we just carry on fishing like this? And in the, in the end, we come to an agreement that we both move up here, but we both fish it in a certain way, which was the same. Put singles out, no clips up, just three leads. And instead of chucking a spawn them, we used a throwing stick over a massive area like huge, like tennis court size area, just put three singles out over the top with helis. And, um, Is that with hinges? Uh, Ronnie's. Ronnie's. Ronnie's this trip. Um, yeah, John did the same. He was in the very, very corner swim. I was one up. Um, and yeah, we just both did the exact same thing, fish really smartly and subtly. And then by the next morning, I think I'd had four up till about high 30s, I think. And then John, the first night, I think he had about five or six, including uh, the first 60 of the trip at 61, which was just insane. It's a nice start. Seeing a fish that big. We moved, fished like proper English style as well, which is really nice. Just a scattering of boilies, three singles over the top. And then, um, so I've had all the action through the night. And then... Woke up the next morning expecting them to just be going mental again, and there was nothing. So I said, right, John, we're going to do a massive risk here. We're going to fill it in this morning, both of us, and we're just not going to fish today. We're just not going to fish. We're going to go around the other side, have a social with the boys, have a couple beers, keep it off our minds. It hasn't been doing day bites lately. We'll just see what happens. Filled it in, left the lines out the water. 
And then, yeah, it got to about one, two in the afternoon and he slowly started pushing back up the lake, no lines. And for, at Dream Lakes, you used to have to wind in to go to tea, which is like pretty normal for French venues. And we're there at tea time. And where you actually eat, you can look out at the lake. Me and John are facing the lake and we're both eating our main course and um, we both start seeing them bosh all of a sudden out of nowhere over our spots. Over what you've just filled over in. Over what well. we just filled it in with and I said to John, I said, I'm not having pudding, mate. I said, I'm going, I'm gone, mate. So he didn't have pudding, just said bye to everyone, went round, chucked three singles out. Um, and that night, it was the full moon. You didn't put any more bait out after no, what you filled in there? because there was fish there. I put, probably put like nearly 10 kilo in that morning of just boily. So just three singles straight back over. Three singles over back over the spot. They were there. They were feeding. Put three singles out. And for how many fish were there, it actually took a while. I'm glad I didn't put more bait in because it took about four hours for them to get through the bait. And all of a sudden, I had a double take. Out of nowhere. So, again... I had a real slow take, hitting to where it was playing it for about probably five, five minutes-ish, and then my other rod goes. I said, oh, John, you have that one, mate. This is like something else what I've got on there. It was just stripping line off me real slow. I'd gain on it, and it would just strip line off me. And mind you, John's, I'm still playing this fish, and John's hooked into it and landed a 40 pounder and I'm still playing this fish that I've had on 10 minutes before that take. So you had a good idea. I knew if he one. just landed a 40 pounder and it had come in like that, I knew I was attached to a good one. And then, um, yeah, after a pretty hairy fight, snagged me up in the margin as well. I actually netted the fish with a, um, probably about a six foot branch attached to it as well. Mm. So it was pretty savage, but, um, yeah. Did you, can you see it when it was in the branch as well or not? What's that, the could, fish? Could you see yeah, the fish? you could see the fish yeah. under it. I could see oh. it was a good one, mate. It was... Um, Heart and mouth moment. Yeah, it was. In the end, I just... John netted it, and it was just... We knew it was a good, and it was... Uh, I think the first 60 was £60. Yeah, I think it was £60 dead, actually. The common, first one, the big common. Yeah, so it was absolutely buzzing. You know, three nights, so we have had a £60 there, like... We're absolutely buzzing. We don't care what happens the rest of the trip. Backed it with a £40 common as well. Yeah, just insane. Um, I do remember the phone call, actually. Oh, mate, I was just straight on the phone to you. I was like, mate, can't you never believe guess it. What? You never guess what? Got a 60-pounder. Like, it was just insane, mate. To see a fish that big, like, yeah, it was just mega. What do you reckon that was? Probably first week of February, second week of February? Mm, nah, I think it started March. Start of March, March, it? yeah. It was oh, March. sorry. Yeah, it was three. Yeah, sorry, three weeks after the yeah. Gigantica, wasn't it? So yeah, it was start of March, and um, so it was still it was it was still cold, oh mate, it? it was still cold. Yeah, jackets, hats, salopettes. It was it was cold. Um, but yeah, put them fish back. I think that was at about eleven o'clock. Had a few more fish in the night. Nothing massive throw it out. A couple thirties. John had a couple more thirties that night, and then again did the same thing in the morning. Brought the rods in, went to breakfast, put another five kilo out each, over each spot. And then we just pressed repeat every single morning. Didn't fish the days, just fished the night. Putting five kilo out to ten kilo out each morning and just putting singles back out on it uh, in, in the evenings. And um, 
yeah, not a lot could really go wrong, mate. Just kept on pressing repeat each night, kept on uh, catching fish. It was actually the night after I had the first 60. The next bite was actually my PB, which was another 60 pound or a 61 pound common the next night, which again was just insane. The frame mass- on that fish is absolutely colossal, isn't it? Yeah, mate. It was um, one of the known ones in there. It was just massive. Uh, completely different shape. The first common out was just long, but the second one was just just huge. It was mate. an absolute it was unit, just wide it? as anything. It was a uh, yeah, it was serious carp again. Back ma- to back sixties, mate. Yeah, it was you know from going from nothing to Gigantica to just then like have a couple sixties. It was just absolutely mental. But the thing about it, it was sort of English tactics. Do you know what I mean? It was just I fished it on my terms. Fished how I wanted to fish it. Both come out last in the draw, and it sort of worked out really well for us. Yeah. Sounds like it did. Yeah, because we didn't have anyone to the left of us. I'm not saying anything, but up at this point, no one else had caught a fish on the lake, and there's about 13 other people on. So, do you think the rest in the days made the difference? Then? 100%. Yeah. 100% because it's about 20 wraps to the middle. You've got people fishing opposite you, so there's no, no know where the fish can hide so bringing the lines in letting them have free feed with no lines it was just such an edge and um no one else was doing it we were telling people when no one else was doing it people could have moved next to us no one did i think a lot of the people on that trip they they do it every year they go for a social they obviously they want to catch but they ain't like that bothered if you know what i mean it's their trip away from the missus yeah and the kids, literally and um yeah we just Fished it really smart, mate. And I think in the end, we uh, I ended up with 17 fish, a couple 60s, had a 48, a couple more 40s, loads of 30s. John was the same. He had the 160, loads of 40s, loads of 30s. and so three 60s 15, between you and come three out last 60s in the draw. In f- three nights in a row, three 60s. It was just insane. But yeah, tactics were just uh, helicopter regs of a heli safe. Uh, seven inch boom, just a size four curve shank, yellow fifteen mil pop ups over a huge, huge bed of bait, just boilies, no chops, just boilies straight out boiling. the bag, mate, straight out, just big fish tactics and uh, sell, sell, yeah, it was sell, yeah, same as what John was using and um, yeah, it was just insane, one of the best weeks fishing I've had, certainly up till then. Yeah, definitely, mate. It sounds like a. It sounds like, and I do, I do remember the phone calls and the photos coming through. Yeah, and, uh, I was, I was as buzzing for you as what, what oh, you probably mate, were holding mega. it, mate. What you ni- How old were you then? Nineteen. Yeah, nineteen then. Nineteen years old, two sixty pounders. Yeah, it was consecutive pretty, um, fish as well. Yeah, it was special, mate. Yeah, definitely. Did anyone else sort of do too well on that after or not? Um, what during that trip? Yeah, the, like nugging all that. Like the no, I've, I think. They just couldn't get on the fish. Just the way that me and John fished it, the fish were just so comfortable in there, mate. And every night they turn up, you could literally time it. It was just insane. Like, kept them sort of kept them in front of you then by not yeah. having the lines in. Yeah, like no one else. I think the next person after us had a free fish, free yeah. fish during the week. So it but definitely worked in what you were doing. Hundred percent. Just I mean. I think a few more people do that that these days by leaving the rods in, don't they? We see it on the It's on hard the videos, to, like, don't, don't get me wrong. It's it's hard to, when you go spend all the money, you're fishing yeah. for such big fish, you don't want to 
bring your rods in for eight, nine hours in the middle of the day. It's the last Definitely thing you want to do, but it just worked. And I think on these small venues, we'll say small venues, it's just, just a style of fishing where the yeah. fish are just so used to lines. They've got nowhere to hide. Just bringing your rods in in the day. And I wasn't doing any day bites for anyone anyway. So they weren't feeding in the day because it was hot days, cold nights. Um, and it's hard to you go France, spend all the money. Last thing you want to do is bring in your rods for literally half the trip. Yeah, but that's, that's that's I think that's what I'd. I know it works, but I still think in the back of my head I'd be thinking, I've paid all this money. I've taken that's the time I mean. off work. I'm away from obviously, misses. I haven't got kids, but family and stuff like yeah. that. Where where time's precious in it, and and you sat there with, with your rods in. That's what I mean. But we sort of used that as an excuse to go around and see the boys have a couple of beers with them in a day as well just to keep our minds off there yeah. the fish weren't feeding we knew there was bait there a lot of the time just having your bait there it's doing your job for you as so well like you're still it. fishing do you know what i mean as it's tiring as... though isn't it then you're sort of because you're up in your day having your social and yeah you're up all night having fish it was perfect I'm, I'm sure you didn't mind but no no mate it was, it was literally perfect um and the drive home was a lot easier i'd imagine after oh, a mate, session yeah, like that I than felt it was if you john um driving all the way back we were absolutely knackered but i think i just slept all the way back but he had to drive had a few red bulls and he was all right there's a little bit of a, a pattern emerging here mate every time you go to france you don't seem to do any of the driving well yeah i didn't <laughs> want to mention it but so blaze likes to get chauffeured around slap yeah. up 60 pounders and then get chauffeured back out <laughs> but it's not only your uh your french fishing where you you tend to have a few of the better ones mate you, you've done quite well recently on orchid haven't you yes mate i um over Christmas time, it was actually uh, Boxing Day, me and my granddad decided to book a trip to Orchid Lakes to the famous Alamo Swim, which I'm sure a lot of you will know. Very good winter swim. It's got winter form, Orchid has in general. And we thought we'd book the Alamo because we got the heart. We had five nights with my granddad. It's just like a having the hut there. It's just nice. You can cook there. The weather was a bit up and down it's somewhere to sit in the days and it was just real comfortable fishing as you well you and your granddad are really close anyway aren't you yeah, so it's quite quite nice to other, still go with him he's taught me everything he since i was seven eight years old i fished with him for years he's literally taught me everything and i think over the past couple of years me growing up i done a lot more of my style of fishing fish with a lot of my mates not avoided them but it's just not his thing like he prefers his you know closer in fishing yeah, this, this range fishing that you do is it's no easy. Like, mate, if I go to a day out Durley, yeah. I come home, my back's killing me. Yeah, I'm not the biggest of lads going anyway. No. Six foot one, ten stone, soaking wet. Yeah. So I, I do struggle with it a little bit, but it, it's some real effort for, for what you boys do. Yeah. I can't imagine that's probably your granddad's No, way of he, doing he just it. loves his. Say he can't distance fish, he can because he used to fish orchid years ago, fishing 100 plus yards. But he's like 64 now. Do you know what I mean? Last thing he wants to be, last thing he wants to be doing is going around Durley, barrowing for like nearly a mile, and then fishing 120, 130 yards, and yeah. then running back with the barrow as the gate shut. It's just, just, just not his thing anymore. Like, the gate. He used to do. He's been there. He's done all that. Do you know what I mean? Now he just wants his nice relaxing fishing fishing for good ones nice relaxed fishing but um yeah going back to orchid so a week before we got there it started doing fish um but let me just point this out as well i fished there in november with james and we did a four day blank there and um after we left it didn't do a bite for three four weeks the whole lake 
it's run absolutely dead. It's when in November we had like, don't know what storm it was called, but we had so much rain for like a week solid and it actually killed a lot of venues. Like nowhere did buy, it's orchid certainly didn't. And then about a week, say about a week, probably like three or four days before me and my granddad had planned to get there, uh, Marcus Clark, um, he went up there. I think he went up there Christmas Eve. And obviously everyone knows him on socials and that. And he'd, um, the first morning he was there, he had like three fish up to 30. The second morning, which was Christmas Day, he had another three or four up to 40. And on the boxing day, we turned up. I expected to go around and speak to him, for him and for him to say, I've had another three or four. He goes, and I'm nothing this morning, mate. The lake's completely changed. It's like someone's flicked the switch off again. I've looked at my granddad and I've just gone... I think they've turned off again. Like it's gone from doing all them bites all of a sudden. A little slight, you know, change in weather for the worst. And I thought we just timed it a couple of days wrong. But you know, we still we were there. You know, we might as well fish it hard. Just do what we can. Um, first day, uh, picked a pretty known spot on the Alamo, which was towards the tower. Leaded it up. Spoke to the bailiffs and that and. Uh, it was a real known spot, so I expected to put a lead out of it just to be absolutely lovely. But it was a bit weeded over. But I thought, you know what, I'll fish it with pop-ups. You know, I'll be, I'm still happy to fish over it. And um, the next morning, we had 40 miles per hour wind, winds come in. A wee bed's taking me out. There was a massive undertow. And I thought, I'm going to have to change something up. I'm going to have to change my spot. Or, like, try to change the angle on my rods for the undertow. Just find something completely different. So there is a spot to the left in the Alamo. Uh, it was a lot nicer. It was a lot deeper. And it was certainly where I felt like the fish would be. It's a more of a... It's towards that zone of the lake, if you know Orchid, where no one can really access. It's like everyone's got their wrap limits in there. And there's that sort of... That little bowl area that no one can really get into. So but, what shape is Orchid then? Just for, for people like me who have never bit, been there. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's like... It's got those little channels in each corner of the lake, but it's, it is a bit of a bowl. Like the main area of the lake is you do fish to the middle. It's quite open sort of. Yeah, area, they have got an island there to break it up. But it, to say the main swims there is sort of like a big bowl. Do you know what I mean? It's still got its little channels down each end of the lake. But um, yeah, mainly you do fish to the middle in there. So I changed the spot. It was slightly deeper. Mind you, Orchid is a very shallow lake, an average of about four or five foot. And I found a slightly deeper spot, about six, seven foot. Very clean. Not gravel, just nice, nice clay. It was absolutely bang on. And um, went in with a naturals approach because I knew it would be hard fishing. So I went and got some worm, got a little bit of maggot, a bit of crumb boily, just like, you know, your classic winter tactics. Um, first... Well, that was the first morning when I changed the spots. Second morning, nothing. The lake still hadn't done a bite. Still hadn't seen nothing. Uh, the lake just looked absolutely dead. And on the third morning, redid the rods. Something that I wouldn't usually do, actually. It's because of the wee beds. I just wanted to double check, make sure everything was absolutely bang on. Redid the rods at about 6, 7 in the morning. And then I seen one literally roll plumb over me. And that's just the first fish I've seen in three days of being there. So I'm rubbing my hands together. It was plumb over the top of me. And um, about an hour later, bobbing pulls up, a few ticks of the uh, the old spool. 
hit into it and just from the off mate i just knew it was a good and just real slow mate knew where all the wee beds were you get out a wee bed and it would just go straight for another one it just knew just knew where all the wee beds were it's a um, weird feeling when you hook a big one in it because you you get that little ooh. you just yeah i knew it was a big fish it was such a slow take it was so slow but it just knew the lake like the back of his hand mate it just knew where all the wee beds were and then um about the third weed bed that took me in uh, it went solid for about three or four minutes and the rulers are awkward if you get weeded up you can call up the uh, bailiff and he got in the boat for you and free it up with his hands so i've called the bailiff to come round a couple of them have come round mind you i haven't done a bite for a couple of days so there's a few of them behind me and as he turned up into the swim coincidentally the fish frees it frees itself up from the weed bed got them all to bind me and those of you that know Alamo, it's like real shallow, about 30, 40 yards out. And then all of a sudden it drops off. So I've got it over the sort of slope as such. And it's in this shallow water. And it pops up and rolls. And I got the owner, two bailiffs behind me. And they go, that's no name on the end, mate. That's probably the biggest fish in the lake. Oh, and it's no rolling. It's flanking on the line. I am absolutely bricking it. My granddad's there with the net. And um, yeah, it's just it just knows what it's doing. I bet people lose it all the time. Luckily, I dropped the lead. It was trying to shake his head, get the hook out, but eventually, it's gone into the net. My granddad's netted it for me, which made it even more better. And yeah, it was no name. But when we got it in the net, we thought its previous capture did forty-three pounds. Mind you, there's another fish in there called Big L, which was the previous late record at forty-four-eight. And um, we thought it's about forty-three pounds. Do you know what I mean? Two pounds, you'll be able to tell a difference. So we zeroed it, zeroed the scales, hoisted it up, and then the owner's just gone. It's a new late record. It's um, it's forty-five pounds. We actually got a couple set of scales out, not because we didn't think it was forty-five pounds, just because of you know how big this fish had got, and obviously it was a late record. It needed to be 100% sure, you know, with it being a venue like Orchid, couldn't cut any corners, it had to be 100% sure, and yeah, 40 pounds, bang on, it was a new Orchid late record. Couldn't believe it. Like, I've only started fishing Orchid really this year, it's only my fourth session there, like fishing the main lake in general. Um, and there was like my seventh fish out of there. Yeah, it's not a bad start, mate, is no, it? No, no, I... Um, first session there uh my first fish out of there was actually the oldest fish in the lake a fish called delilah which i'm sure a couple of people will know at 37 pounds had a couple of the other 30s out of there then obviously no name which was just insane by far the best carp i've ever caught and think it would take a while to top it and the fact it was caught from such a historical venue like orchid was just absolutely insane and having your granddad there sort of talk oh, for him to net it because pretty much when I was a lot younger, like seven, eight, nine, he used to take me up there as a kid and I always fished the match lake behind and I was never old enough to fish the main lake. And for me to take him back there and for me to catch a late record and for him to be there was just insane, mate. Yeah, like, it's nice, mate. It's a nice touch and hell it's sort of, of, hell of a moment. special memories and that. Yeah. But, um, is your granddad sort of planning on going back again? Or? 100%, mate. He yeah. loves it, doesn't he? What, when, I think we could go back up there in spring together. Um, because the lake was fishing so hard, uh, he couldn't he couldn't get on the fish. Uh, too, I was I was only sort of picking them off the area I was fishing. 
when I was actually there, I didn't do another bite. I was just picking him off when he sort of come out of that. Not out of bounds zone, but where no one could access and they'd come and feed off a spot and then back yeah. off into the middle. Um, and yeah. So that 45 was just pound mirror, mate. Not, not a bad... Uh, no. Not well, win- not a bad winter... Uh, not a bad winter, winter fish, out, is it? No, and that was... Um, that wasn't the end, was it? No. So, had that fish. And then, sort of just press repeat again, mate. Um, put the rod back out. Nothing else during the day. Went a bit dead. Nothing again during the night. And then again, the next morning. Seen a few, but they were just about 20 yards behind me. So, you know, I just sat on my hands, didn't like retop the spots or anything. I know there's no there's no nuisance fishing there, so I'm got to worry about the hook baits. Mind you, I'm fishing worm hook baits. Um, and it gave it a couple hours, just going into dusk about four o'clock. Um, again, same again, couple beeps, real slow take. Um, hit into it, and it kited really far left. Pretty much those of you that know the Alamo, to the left hand side, you've got about three or four underwater trees. And if it kites left, you're out, you're like, you're screwed, it will just cut you off. And um, it kited really far left, and luckily, somehow, managed to change the angle on the rod, and uh, it turned around and started kiting the way that I wanted to. Weeded me up a couple of times, got it in the net. And again, knew it was a, a big common. Um, I don't actually know what the Orchid Lake record common is, but call on the bailiff, see come round, send anything over 30 pound, got to call up the bailiff, he come round. And he, he didn't even recognize it, this fish, because oh. it hadn't been caught for so long. Um, it was uncaught for two years. Um, and it last got caught at 32 pounds two years ago. It's a fish called Gossier. And um, yeah, got it up on the scales and it was 38 pounds, like another massive fish. End of December, it was just insane. It's absolutely mint as well. Isn't oh, it? mate, it was a hell of a fish, real dark, real old fish. Had a bit of a bad mouth, but it was 50 year old calf, apparently. Um, but just insane fish, real dark. Or over slung mouth, yeah, it was just, yeah. That's the same age as me and you put together. Yeah. That's mad, isn't mate, it? It's, and that no name, 45-year-old calf, it was just a special place, mate. Like, I'll definitely be returning. Yeah, it sounds like you've got some good memories there, mate. Obviously, yeah. with with your granddad as well. Is you, did your granddad take your photos for you as photos as well? Nah. With the 45 uh, with no name, there was actually another bloke there who had like a free grand camera yeah um nice nice touch isn't it yeah luckily he was there and then with the pictures of the comma and one of the bailiffs took the picture of just my uh, canon aed nice i was gonna say yeah if uh, your granddad's rattling shots off like that (laughs) i have to get him on the team mate yeah yeah get him involved (laughs) yeah well he's uh he probably fishes more than i do mate. (laughs) probably mate i've not been out for well, I say that it's probably not that long. To be fair, no, you done a bit on your winter ticket, didn't you? I had December off, uh, off of work. So yeah, done a bit on there, but haven't quite had the winter that you had, mate. That's for no, sure. No, I've just don't know, just right place at the right time, mate. But yeah, people say that a lot though. But I, I do think, I mean, you're you're quite, you're not one for sort of putting yourself right out there either, are you? No, it's um, it's definitely a little bit more to it than luck. Right yeah, place, right the, the weather was good for the time of year. You always fish hard, don't you? You always yeah. fish well. You, you tend to get amongst them. Yeah, I just... Just a bit modest, put, didn't you? Put good quality bait, like worms and maggots, 
in front of the fish that wanted to feed me. Like they're, they're gonna eat it. Yeah. Like there's no doubt. Just Forty-five pounds is gonna go past a spot of worm and maggot and not, you know, have a mouthful. And my my rig and hook bait choice was actually a Ronnie rig with um, a piece of cork with a band on top of about seven or eight worms on top. Pushed the cork into the worm. Yeah. I then trimmed the cork to balance out with the worms, so it's critically balanced. Used the fish that is a wafter style actually. So that sits more sort of on the bottom yeah. than with just a hook bit of neutral flat. buoyancy, is it? Hook was flat. But when I was using a Ronnie rig, I wasn't using a stiff boom. I was actually using a semi-stiff boom because I actually wanted it to sit a bit, a bit in, um, you know, a bit curved. You didn't want um, it to be sort of didn't want it fully straight because yeah. when that, with it being such a big up bait, I wanted it to fly into the fish's mouth, not be uh, have a stiff boom there. And that was the idea. And yeah, it was nailed. Nice. One coming off. See, I always think that when you when you watch these underwater films and and this that and the other, and they've used the stiff booms. And especially with like an inline lead, yeah, there's not a lot for it to move. Not a lot they've of got movement. to be over the top of it, aren't they? To be no. to be hooking themselves there. But if if you've got that sort of semi stiff, or yeah, or even, I know people don't tend to use it so much anymore. The braided hook links, but they, they fly in, don't they? Oh, 100 percent, mate. If you fish a semi stiff hook link with a critically balanced bait, in my head, that's nearly more fish than if I was if I was to use a stiff boom. Yeah, I I. I I'm the same, mate. I've, I feel the same. I always use the... Um, but I think the key to it is fishing a very critically balanced hook bait. So I was literally trimming the cork. So it was over buoyant when I put the bait on. I just, you know, put it in the margin and just each time just trim it off lightly every time just so it would just really slowly settle down. I knew with the cork as well, leaving the rods out for 24 hours, it wasn't losing buoyancy. Yeah. That's another thing with cork or plastics. You're not losing the buoyancy. You put a wafter out, Five hours later, that be take on the water that over itself, mate. So you say that it's funny. Obviously, we we try and do the same. We want the same result, don't we? And we we do things so differently. I, I overweight my hook baits. Yeah. So I use wafters, but I'll I'll put put a bit put of liquid on, on them. Yeah. So they do take a bit on. So yeah. before I even put them out, they're sat on the deck. Yeah. So I just think in my head, I've got right in my own head about it since the underwater films and stuff like that. Yeah. Where they start moving their pecs. They move the hook bait 100%. I don't want the whole thing come. I know it's probably still going to come up, but I want to limit that as much as I can. Yeah. I don't want it coming right up in the air and then sitting back down. Because if it does sit funny, yeah. I know you're not obviously guaranteed every single time you, you cast out or resets, it resets, is it? But yeah. I, I just feel in my head then, if that bait is sort of a little heavier, yeah, it may just act a bit more a natural. bit more natural yeah, than something nah. that's going to go like. I do, I do get that theory. and it's all just what you're confident or what you're confident in the style of fishing you're doing with a lot of my you know higher stock venue sort of fishing you've got big shoals of fish on you all the time yes i do think that theory does work where you got you know five six seven maybe even more fish feeding on your spot you want to have a hook bait that's going to stay there but at orchid i sort of knew there were there's only about 120 fish in there so you're fishing for one bite, so i'm fishing really? for a bite at a time i when that hook bait was going in, mate, I, I wanted it to go in. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Not, not for it to come out or... Especially the stamp of the fish that are in there, mate. Yeah. You don't want to be sort of... And if, if that's how you're confident with your hook holds and how your rigs are yeah. set, then that's obviously works for you, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Definitely by looking at your album, it, it definitely does work for you. Yeah, no, it's, it's done me all right. It's done me good. You've got uh, quite a few impressive ones in there already, haven't you, at, at quite a young age? So. Yeah, yeah, I've had, a, I've had a few nice ones, mate, 100%. 
I don't think I'd even had a 20 by the time I was drawing. <laughs> it's just fit fish in the right venues, mate. Like, luckily, I'll go into it now. When I was about nine, I'd done about two years on the float with my granddad, like seven till nine. He'd take me fishing with him. Uh, I'd be on the float. Then he started taking me to runs waters, getting me into carp fishing. But then after that, after fishing the runs water, there was no me going to like, I don't know, the places where there's a couple 20s in and there's a few 30s. I went from there straight to fishing Paviots, which has got two 50s in, 12 to 15 40s and all these 30s. And I'm 10 years old, mate. So my granddad's gone, right, if I'm going to teach you, I'm going to teach you the right way. I'm going to get you into big carp fishing straight away. Straight in the deep end. So he got me like, all my gear, all my rods and reels, alarms, pod, everything. And he's taught me all how to tie my rigs at 10 years old. And I started fishing pavs with him. And uh, yeah, I think when I was 11 years old, I had a 41 pounder. 41 pounder at 11 yeah. years old? Yeah. Mate, it was, it's just the venue, mate. Like, and there was a lot of blanks. It's not an easy place. Get me, don't get me wrong, but he got with being a youngster. I think he thought I just wanted to be fishing runs waters constantly. I used to go down there like 10 years old and blank for three, four, five days. We did like a 10 day blank down there in winter and um, kept that. And I had a 41 pounder about 11 years old. And I fished pavs with him from like 11 to 15. And that was, I think in the end, I probably had over 50 fish over 30 pound. I had six 40s from there, um, loads of 20s. But again, it's just being brought up on the right venues. And I just got taught that sort of style of fishing from such a young age. I was a lot to thank your granddad for, haven't you? Yeah, mate. Yeah, he definitely uh, put me on the right venues straight away. I but even say. being 10 years old, I don't know many 10-year-olds that would be, or 11 years old, sorry, doing a 10-night blank through the winter. Oh, man, yeah. I don't like, know many that would want to go back hey, after We used that. to go down there, like, Boxing Day for 10 days. When I was a kid, mate, I used to want to go down there Christmas Day with him. That's all I was interested in. Every Christmas, every birthday, fishing gear, fishing gear. That's all it was, mate. New rods, new reels, upgrading, upgrading. That's all I was interested in. We used to go fishing every weekend. Like, that's all I did as a kid. Um, yeah, went down there for 10 days one winter. Lake was frozen over. We used to go out, go out on the boat with him, smash up all the ice that winter. And then the winter after that was the exact same. Uh, lake was completely frozen over. And we had like three forties between us and like nine thirties. It just completely, same conditions, but the fish were on us. And we just had an insane winter, in, winter session on there. We had like three forties, nine thirties. Yeah, it was just, that was smashing the ice in the boat as well. Yeah, I'm guessing by that point you well and truly already had the bug. Oh, mate, all I was interested in. There's a lot cheaper hobbies than this one, isn't it? I know, mate, but I just I wasn't into football or Xboxing or, you know, all of that. I was just fishing, mate, every weekend. Finished. You don't drink really, do you? you don't no. Go out, you don't go out, like, clubbing and no, stuff like that? No, not really, so mate, no. Fishing's your thing, isn't it? Yeah, when I was a kid at school, mate, just finished school on Friday, straight down to the lake till Sunday, it was just every weekend. Whereas nowadays, with, with your own business, you get the, the chance to sort of pick and choose yeah. around the weather a little more, I guess. Yeah, I sort of, if, if it's cold, mate, I'll, I won't just go fishing for the sake of it. Do you know what I mean? The most weekend anglers will just go fishing when they can, but I sort of, I'll, if the work's there, I'll work. But um, 
most of the time if i can pick and choose if i see a nice big weather front coming in i'll sort of plan to work up to it and then go fishing don't book anything in for those days no no definitely no. uh definitely a wise choice mate yeah so i know you've done like a little bit on uh on linear as well yeah and i mean that's not everyone's cup of tea is it no. I, I personally have never been no it's don't get me wrong the first time i went there it was a hell of an experience like linear is the most is the most busiest day ticket there is in the country it's one in one out all the swims are taken up like it's it's not for not for everyone i give you that but um yeah sort of my first trip up there i managed to get on hardwicks and smiths um and i just fished it my style uh, i just fished zigs actually and i had like 16 or 17 fish my first ever sit ever session up linear on Harbucks on Harbucks and Smiths. And How old were you then? Sixteen. So sixteen, mate, and you and you're having hits of fish like that. Yeah. You, Mind you, you. Uh, up to that trip, I I was still fishing charge, so it was still three rods on the spot over bait, which is most of the time what you'll do up linear. Very similar to what you were used to then. Yeah. But this first trip coincidentally was Ziggs. Um the first actual proper session using Ziggs to be honest with you. Was there for two nights, nothing happened, the lake was fishing dead, everyone was fishing on the deck, hadn't done a bite. So I thought, you know what, I'm gonna put some zigs out. And within about 10 minutes, I had a fish, put all three rods on zigs. And on my last night, I had 16 fish, I think, in the night. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. See, I'm not a big zig angler. I've, Nor am I, I will up go to that to the trip. point and say I, I, that, I hate it, I don't like it. I don't know why, because it's easy, what? it's cheap. Yeah, mate, it's deadly. Mind you, all them fish come in March, all for the night on a black piece of foam. Yeah. No glug, a black piece of foam. 16 fish in the night. Crazy. Getting your head round it, you need one of them sessions, I think, to get confidence in them. And now, like, most of the time, if I'll go up linear, that's like my first port of call, mate, is put zigs out. Exactly I think I've caught over 40% of my carp from linear on a zig. And it's mad. See, we've had this conversation, haven't we, like off, off of this podcast. We've spoken about it before, and I know Horseshoe in the spring, where I'm going to be sort of heading, is very ziggy. Yeah. So, and you did say, didn't you, the best place to go and get you a bit of confidence You just need to get confidence in them, mate. Like, before that trip, the last thing I would have done is put a zig out. Like, it's not, unless you have one of them sessions to get confidence in them, when the whole lake is blanking on a place like Linear for two nights... Then you put a zig out, and in five minutes it goes. It's like, I used to do this on other waters as well as linear. I know people on like Denton and everything that just, zigs are deadly, mate. Yeah. Or even on them low stock venues. Because, mate, realistically, the fish aren't on the bottom for mate, you large, large think, parts of the day, are they? How long, in a 24-hour period, do you think a carp will spend within a foot of the bottom it's not long at all is no it? mate they're, they're all mid water it's the warmest part of the water is, is, it is mid, mid water mid to three mid, mid water to three quarters yeah. up in it they say yeah i mean i'm no expert on it but yeah it, it, yeah it's around that it's um just finding the depth that they're at mate yes you will have them feeding spells and people go oh yeah it's coming up to bite time but once you've had your bite time it's gone why do you think they're not feeding then because they're up in the water, mate. Yeah, so when people, like, 
like going, oh, now I've got to wait till tomorrow's bite time till my next bite. No, put zigs out. Try find them. Try find the depth they're at. And then once you get the depth, try different colours. Every day is different. You're a big advocate of that as well, aren't you? Sort of once that bite time is over, get the, get the zigs in. 100%. And just like once you've had, you know, your morning bite time, try different things. There's always a bite to be had, especially on lakes like Linear with all them fish in there. There's always a bite to be had. 100%. Do you, use, do you use fix zigs or are you an fix adjustable zigs. man? I'm not, personally, I'm not a fan of, um, I don't even know what they're called. Um, adjustable. Adjustable zigs, yeah, that's it. I'm just, I'm just not a fan. I prefer fix. It's instant hook hold. Um, obviously, with the running, you're sort of relying on your clutch and everything. Um, but I, I think the, the good thing with those adjustable ones is obviously you can, it's, you can if move If I was fishing in water, like 30 foot of water, Saying that, when I was in the Harbrooks and the Smiths, I was fishing a fixed 18-foot zig, mate. How'd you cast that? Sort of just place it behind you on a bucket lid and just cast it like a normal like a normal rig. Just hit the clip properly and it would just all kick out. Kicks itself away. Yeah, it's so hard to get over that. But you just, you got, when you're casting it as well, you've got to get out your edge. You're casting out an 18-foot zig. you just got to cast it like you're casting a normal rig out. Hit the clip normally. Watch it kick out through the air, and it's fine. You just hit the clip a little bit higher, don't you? Normally yeah, just, just a little bit higher. Stop it, out. sort of bring the rod back to make sure everything's straightened out, and then it's fine. Happy days. Yeah. But I know, obviously, a lot of people do tend to use the adjustables for the, the ease of moving it up and down the water. Yeah, that is but another also thing. the casting, isn't it? Yeah. The casting element of that, because it's all folded up and PVA nuggeted in, I guess it's just like casting a marker float. Yeah, it? yeah, pretty much is. And like you said, you can without you don't have to bring the rod in cut a bit off to change the depth you can literally just you know do it whilst it's on the rest just pull it back a couple foot to change the depth so is that how you do yours you bring them in and cut them or do you have some pre-ties and just whip them on and off sort of depends mate like if i'm going up linear nine times out of ten i'll have a rough guide to where i think they are and if not i'll just you know usually when i go linear i'll put one eye one middle, one down a bit more. So usually out of them three, one of them will go. So then as soon as I get a bite, I'll change all three to that depth. You know where they but are. But then I'll put all three out in different colours and then see which one's getting the, the most bites, whether it's a coincidence or not. But Black seems to be quite a favourite one of everyone, doesn't it? Black is definitely a linear special, mate. Like red and black's just my go-to, to be honest with you. It's I've just, only ever used them twice, mate, and I'll I'll use I went red and black. Yeah, it's just it's I did have have a fish straight away at horseshoe, but I did I did bump it unfortunately. Yeah, that's the thing of zigs you got with the hook holds and that. Sometimes you can foul up them where they miss them. You can it's hard with zigs, but you just got to have your sharpest hook on. Try drop the lead if you can. See, that was my problem. The lead you got you got to drop the lead. Got it was it. meant to. I, I only had the, the clip on, well, just, I thought just I just had bit. it pinched, but it must have been a little bit too much. Yeah. I'd literally been there. It was my first ever time there. You started sitting and boshing in that corner, didn't you? I remember yeah. you calling me about it. Yeah, mate, I wasn't there very long. It was quite busy. Um, so those of you who don't know horseshoe, obviously it's a horseshoe shape, and you've got the bit in the middle that sort of comes out on the spit. I think it's winter disabled, they call it. Yeah. So that whole thing was taken up by a match. So I automatically arm off down the other end to have a little look. Nice quiet corner. There was no one there. Sun was shining in there. It was quite. It was a shallower end of the lake. Yeah. So he sat there. Oh mate, it couldn't have been three or four minutes. Bosh. Yeah. 
Look round again. Bosh. Yeah. Same spot. And I thought, they're here. Seen another one. But it was a different fish this time. The, the first one was quite a small, like, flappy, flappy thing. Yeah. And the second one sort of, like, nutted over a little bit more. So it looked a bit ziggy. Yeah. I've just gone straight back to the van, got the stuff. Oh, mate. I reckon it was out 15, 20 minutes. Just, I didn't even have the, the alarms on. Nah. The, the rods was just lied on the floor, on the clutch. I just had the clutch, like, ticking off. I thought, oh. Lifted into it, got it halfway in. I wasn't fishing farm, it's probably only about 30, 40 yards out. Yeah. Got it halfway back in. And I'm not saying this had anything to do with why I lost it at all. But I've had a little common jump over the line where the lines meet in the water. I'd never ever had it before, never <laughs> seen yeah. it before. It jumped over the line of the fish that I'd hooked and gone back into the water the other side of it. And I reckon I must have got it, had it on for about another 30, 40 seconds. Yeah. And it's the ping. The rig's gone flying behind me into the trees. So I've had a bit of a moment with that, trying yeah. to get it back out. And I did put it back out, but it was just a guy turned up and was obviously had the same sort of idea as me, fishing the other bank. He was yeah. flicking boilies into the corner. Yeah, thought, not oh, the one. Killed it, mate. But again, got got a quick bite from putting a zig out. Yeah, I definitely. think nine times out of ten, if I see fish, you know, like properly boshing, all depends. If they're proper, like, rolls going down, bubbling up, I chuck a single on them or a little bag, but when they're just you know showing themselves for fun and they're going mental, chuck a zig at them. See, I never knew the, the difference water. between a ziggy a ziggy show. Yeah, all, and all sort an, of and depends. If I see a fish show go down and bubble up, you know they're going down. But when they're going absolutely mental, one after the other, they're either on a hatch. That's what it is nine times out of ten. So putting a zig out in the middle of them will get more bites than just chucking a single on the bottom. Yeah, definitely. And it's definitely a different sort of show in it as well. I, d yeah. I didn't ever really take any notice of it until it's someone told like me. A, yeah, ziggy shows are just like, I don't know, they've put their head out the water and like balance themselves almost. It's yeah. just really, real weird, but you know what a zig show is. You know they're on the hatch end, don't you? Yeah. And, and since someone actually pointed that out to me, it was a long time ago now, but I haven't stopped taking that into, into oh, account to my fishing now. 100%. You can tell the difference between a feeding show and a zig show. Yeah, definitely. You just know what to chuck at that show and fish then, don't you? Whether to chuck a zig out or a bag or something. Well, we'll have to go up to Linear, mate, and you'll have to... Uh, 100%, mate. ...show me how to use the zigs properly. Yeah, I'm, mate. I'm not a bit... Mate, I've, I've, I'm, I'm not going to say I hate them, but I'd, I'd rather I, not use them. I, I'd rather not use them, but they are deadly. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's just like what you said before in it, but getting a little bit of confidence in it. Once you've got that confidence, once you've got confidence, mate, you'll start taking them to them low stock venues, and yeah. you'll start getting like results that you wouldn't have got unless you're fishing zigs. I think I'm gonna have to fish them a little bit more, obviously at at Horseshoe through the spring. Hundred percent, mate. And Deadly. Rick, Ricky, Ricky hammers them out there, doesn't he? Yeah. On on the zigs. Yeah. And he does every year. Yeah, he, he zigs, mate. So you'd, you'd be silly to not to not, not have a go at it, him. wouldn't you? No. Especially when. If you've got one guy catching on the zigs and you've got 20 blokes fishing on the deck and the one guy on the zigs is having the fish, yeah, it's, it's quite obvious, isn't it? Yeah. But we'll... Um, Should we go back to Durley now, talk about the hit? Yeah, so when we when we started this, we did speak to you, uh, speak about the hit you had at Durley. Yeah. And you and James, young James, yeah, are quite well known round here for having the better hits of fish on the bigger the bigger sort of range fishing yeah. aren't you so um talk to us about that well let me let me set this one a little bit because uh, me and Corey were filming right we were down the other end we were in the shallows and we struggled mate Corey had 
I think he had a 27 pound glass cup. He had a glass, glassy, didn't he? I remember. And we have all day, and his all my phone was doing all day with ping, ping, ping. And by the time I've looked at it, he's got six fish in the. He's got six fish already. And yeah. I'm just thinking, I think we might be down the wrong end, core. Yeah. But we were trying to make a film. Those boys were up the other end, and uh, I'll let Blaze tell you the story anyway. Right. So, with Darley, as Josh has already said, you've got a pre-book your swims. An old man's up. This is down to James. He booked these swims because he knew that the previous year when he fished it, he had another good hit. Not as good, but he had a pretty big, well-known hit, which was like a 25 plus, 25 plus hit the previous year on these dates. So he was adamant, right, mate, I'm going to do it with you this year. We're going to get the dates and hopefully the weather and everything's in our favour. So... I think we went down there on the Wednesday, not for a practice session, just for like a last minute session on the Wednesday. It was hot, bright, hot sunshine. I think we ended up like seven or eight, which was still good. Still really good. But we knew what was coming on the Saturday. We booked it on the Saturday and the Monday. We couldn't get the Saturday and the Sunday because on the Sunday there was a, a match. So no one could fish. It was just match boys. Um, but looking back, it actually worked in our favor. So we did the Wednesday, had seven or eight fish, but we knew on the Saturday we had a big weather front coming in, you know, overcast, big southerlies. This was at the start of May, it's absolutely bang on. So we turn up on the Saturday morning, we're barreling across the damn wall, and they're just there, mate. Like, before we could even get to the swim, we must have seen like three or four shows. It was just like, right, they're here. This is it. That's the deep end, isn't it? No, this is the deep end. It's 25 foot of water. And uh, James goes, this is it. It's what happened last year. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. One of our usual tactics, stiff hinges, pink pop-ups. I fish 120 yards to the right. James fish 120 yards to the left. I put three rods out. James put three rods out. I'm about 10 spoms in, just, you know, putting usual dirty. Would you start off with 10 to 20 spoms? It's yeah, just an average on there. 15, in it? But I'm awful for counting, mate. I always lose count. Yeah. After three. I'm just, oh, that, that's, that's, that's the one. That, <laughs> yeah, that's it. But um, 10 spoms in, and I'm already away. So I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, so drop the spot rod. James is there wanting the spot rod for me, so I just dropped it, hit into this fish. And then, obviously, he's still about 10 spoms in, so he's winding in there. And one of my other rod goes straight away, double take, 10 spoms in. We're like, oh my God. So we land them two. And then my third rod goes. So there's three fish within like the first, you know, 15 minutes of being there, 10 spoms in. We've had like three, I've had a triple take. I'm like, right, they are on it. So whilst I was faffing around doing all of that, you know, wrapping up the rods and had all these three fish in the net, they've cleared them 10 spoms out moved on to James, and James has had the exact same thing as me. One rod went, second rod went, third rod went. And in the time he's done all that, I've wrapped all my rods up, put another 10 spoms out, and the same thing's happened to me again. And let's just get to the point. That happened all day. I'll have a triple take. Somehow got some spoms out. They clear me out and they move on to James and they would just bounce from our two spots all day. And I think in the end, on that Saturday, we ended up with 34, 34 bites. James had a 30. We had stupid amounts of 25 pluses. 
it was just insane. So that was the first day on the Saturday. And on the Sunday... I think that was the day I fished, wasn't it? Yeah, you were down the other end, the shallow end. So I remember seeing you two in the car park afterwards and you looked knackered. Oh, mate, like, put that up till then, up till the Monday, me and James said that is the best carp fishing experience that we've ever had. Um, wasn't just This is another day, thing though, to point out. That day, those of you that know Durley... You don't really see a lot of fish show in a day, do you? Like Not you, you really. see the odd one if you're really watching, but um, you know, let's see, you see the odd one through the day. Me and James that day must have seen about 200 plus shows in the swim, and that's when no we exaggeration put, whatsoever. Is oh, it? Oh, mate, that was, probably more. They were, they were there. They were they? there, numbers, mate. They were there, and they wanted to feed. Like this is another thing to point out. So when I was when I was using mainline, I was spotting out boily and tigers with loads of smart liquid. So now about 20 fish in, I said to James, I said, walk along the damn wall and watch my spawn land. Cause there's so many fish showing, it was showing on the spawns. So obviously walking along the damn wall, you can get a better vantage point. You, you can see where the spot's landing. James is, I'm on the phone to me, he goes, mate, they're eating your bait on the drop. This is reservoir carp, yeah. In 28 foot of water. In 28 foot of water. And they're, you know, rolling in the smart liquid and they're taking the bait on the drop. I said, all right. But I said, I'm not going to change anything. I said, it's just stupid. Like, we're having so many fish. We're stupid to change anything. So in the end, the first day, we ended up with, what was I say, 34 fish or something. Yeah, Absolutely mental. Didn't actually lose a single fish. It was, it was just insane. Absolutely insane. So on the Sunday... There was a match on, but me and James were like, oh, we'll go for a walk around just to see if they are still there. And we were walking around there for the last hour or so until the gate shut. And there was the match boys been on there all day. And they had a few carp. And this is the match boys. So I've had a few carp, but mainly Bream and that. But we're watching the water and they're still there. They're still showing at like at extreme range, not where they were because the bait wasn't there. They were showing extreme range, but they were there, which was good. And we knew Monday, the weather was even better. Stronger winds, more rain. It was just even better for it. So, yeah, again, turn up on the Monday, fish exactly the same spots, had the rods all wrapped up ready because we were just going to press repeat. This time we had a lot of hin more hinges prepped because the first day we were just not prepped for it. We were tying like hinges there and then just rushing. So if we were prepped, we probably could have caught even more fish. Probably would have had a lot more. Like if we were more prepped, we made sure, right, we had about 15, 20 hinges tied each, all with baits on, ready to go um, before we got there. So yeah, literally, mate, same thing happened again. As soon as we got there, put rods out, you know, double takes, triple takes, just mental. Exactly the same thing. By that point, I had my first early 30, so I was absolutely buzzing. I think it was like a 30 pound, eight ounce common. Real nice, you know, as you can imagine, reservoir commons, like you can't beat them. Um, nice shapes, aren't they? Yeah, just insane. Big mouths in them. Had a nice mid 20s zip as well. Loads of backup 20s, mind. And I guess about three, four o'clock in the afternoon. And mind you, we are more than happy of what we've caught. We've just had like two day sessions that will probably never be repeated. I said, James, I'm just going to try this. I said, are they still taking the bait on the drop? He said, yes, mate, they're still taking the bait on the drop. And I haven't told anyone this. This is a massive edge. And I think it will only work if this happens again. 
I said, James, I'm going to put a 15 foot zig out or a 15 mil pop up on the end. And I tried it, mate. And before I could clip the bobbin on, it went in my hands. A oh, 15 wait. foot zig, but it wasn't a piece of foam. I tried that. I did try a piece of foam. And I just thought, what am I doing? They're taking boilies on the drop. So I wound it and I thought, I'm going to put a real high vis yellow pop up on. 15 foot zig, mate. And it went in my hand. A reservoir cup taking a 15 foot zig, but I only did that because I thought we've had 50 plus fish by this point in a day and a half. So I'm just going to try it. Doesn't matter if it doesn't, it doesn't work. Matter if it doesn't work. Really cool I'm going to put out on one rod, see if it makes a difference. And I just had a quick bite again, nothing massive. I kept the one rod on the zig all day and I kept the two rods out on the deck. Made no difference, mate. Yes, the zig was going quicker, but the bait that did get to the bottom, they'd eventually go. But I must have had about seven or eight fish that day on a 15-foot zig with a yellow pop-up on from a reservoir in 25 foot of water. I I probably, I wouldn't imagine that anyone has probably done, maybe someone has, but I wouldn't imagine anyone's done I wouldn't have tried it, mate. I've never seen fish activity like it. No. I've never seen fish so switched on in my life it was just insane were you spawning over the top of that as well still what over the zig, over the zig? well mate i still fish three rods on a spot it was I still on the, the spot zig, was it just above it just above it yeah or like the right hander i think it was and yeah it was just insane mate like just catching reservoir carp on a 15 foot zig like a 15 mil blatant pop-up yeah not like a little piece of foam a few maggots topped a 15 mil yellow pop-up thing is though mate if they're eating the bait out of the spawn that's what i thought they're, I thought the board, they're eating they? the bait on the drop they know what it is like so i thought i'm just gonna try it it's no different than a matchman in it when they fish like a pellet waggler yeah they're like they're fishing like mid- mid-depth or something yeah mate it's it was just absolutely insane seeing it all happen never seen fish activity like it but no, then again, I, I haven't either. No, mate, it was just insane. We had, so, we had so many people come down, mate. Like, they were just like, what the hell is happening? We've never seen Dirty like this. Yeah, I uh, I remember getting a lot of photos through on the Wednesday, I think it was. Yeah. You and James, obviously, James was still with us then as well. Yeah, mate, it was just the best carp fishing experience I think I've ever had. Like, yeah. I've never seen fish activity like it. Just insane to have seven, I think it was... 74 fish I think we ended up on Over in two, two days. day sessions at Durley I think we worked out it was a bite if you had to average it out there was still a little dull spell midday but I think we averaged a bite every 10-15 minutes it's mad isn't it to yeah. be fair mate you need that little dull spot in, in a day like that don't you just, yeah. to, just to get yourself together and yeah get so we had ready. like probably about an hour in the middle of each day session of nothing so probably ended up a bite every like seven or eight minutes or something yeah. stupid yeah. mind you that's just not going to a place where you're flicking them 10 15 yards and you're like going to a runs water this is fishing at 120 yards it's a lot of work trying to spot wrap, wrapping up rods every time like it was hard work mate what's that 30 wraps yeah just 120 30 wraps yeah so wrap, wrapping up at 30 wraps you don't use the marker elastic or anything like that nah looking back yeah wish i did but just didn't have time for it at the time. We just wanted to get the rod back just out. Just get them back out. Yeah. It's a hell of a session, mate, that, isn't it? Insane, mate. Yeah, just incredible to see to see it, to be honest with you. I'm just just teamwork with James. It was just amazing. Yeah, it definitely was a good angler. Me and Corey were down the other end yeah. and uh, and struggled. The fish it, just weren't there, mate. 
Like, no, they weren't. No, Corey's a very good angler, and if he was on the fish, he would have got good results. But they just weren't down the end of the lake. I was on the end of Wasavali. They were just on it, mate. And it was pre-spawn as well. They were hungry. Yeah, Corey's definitely had some fish out that res, mate. Yeah, mate. And he's the... Uh, fish there longer than me and James put together, mate. Yeah, I'd imagine so. And he, and he is the current uh, Muddy Banks Cart Masters champion yeah. as well, which is held at Durley. He is, mate. So he's got a, a title to retain yeah. this year. I'm sure you boys will be trying to take it off him, though. Well, I didn't fish it last year. No, you didn't, did you? Um, I'm James comes second, didn't he? Yeah, James comes second, yeah. And uh, he was close to winning it as well, I think. He was. He was Until close. Hour, he just maybe? got a bit unlucky with a draw the second day, but... Yeah, he did. That's all part of it. He came out... I think it was dead last. He was last, mate. Yeah. yeah. No, well, he, uh, he he definitely did well with what he was dealt, mate. He did. But um, well, there's a little insight into, into Blaze's fishing. I'm sure we'll have him back again at some point because he, he's definitely not done. No. Looking at his face now, he's hungry to get him back out already, but it looks like Yeah, it. well, we'll back out tomorrow, mate. A bit of filming down the old res, so yep, I'm sure try you'll see on, see on socials by the time this video is out, if I, if I have anything. But um, it's I'm been an absolute sure, pleasure, uh, mate. I'm sure you will. Thanks for, let, thanks for letting me out. You have me on the no show. No problem, mate. It's always a pleasure. And we'll, um, I'm sure we'll get you back on at some point to talk about other parts of your fishing that we haven't managed to get onto today. Yeah, that's fine, mate. No worries at all. But, um, well, I'll see you in the morning. Yeah. And we'll get the cameras ready and get the rods out. Spot on, mate. See you in the morning. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate.